this recording. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, that's, cool. That's what's going on here. <laughs> normally, you introduce us and go, and I, we're on. Oh. I know, but that's because we normally can't see what's going on, so we kind of. No, it's freaking me out. It's freaking me out because we've got video. Anyway, uh, welcome. You are listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace. We are a Geelong-based gaming podcast where we play games badly and then we talk shit about them. This is episode Square Delta Sigma. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or nineteen, or season two, episode three. All of those. Look at it. Yes. Uh, this is also the adults only. Uh, version of Thoughtless Casual Gaming, as you may have noticed or may not have noticed, we are sounding a little bit more sexy than normal. It's it's husky. It's Husky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're doing this remotely, which is why we're kind of freaking out because we've got cameras on and we can see each other. I don't know um, if we're going to record this and I don't know if it's going to make it to YouTube. There's the other piece. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know how that works. Nobody's going to watch us on YouTube. That's fine. Um, but yeah, look, it's been a while since the last episode. I meant to look it up, but it's been a while. Um, I had some time in March. things have happened. Yeah, something like that. Let's just have a look here. Yeah, March 29. So it's been nearly a month. There you go. This is poor form on our part, isn't it? Well, it could things be have poor happened. form. Yeah. Things have happened. Colds have hit us, uh, babies have hit us, trips to Queensland have hit literally. us. Yeah. That one's slightly more fun than the other two. <laughs> it was quite fun, but uh, it, it took a good portion of time away from me. So let's do a bit of a, a hobby update. What have you been up to, Jase? What have I been up to? Look, in a month, nowhere near as much as I would have hoped that I would have been up to. Um, it, that combination of work and family and colds and everything just kind of, and I'm about to cough. No, no, I think we're good. There's going to be more of that throughout this episode, just because talking is one of those things, funnily enough, that aggravates it. <laughs> totally don't have Rona, but you get really like you get a lot of really awkward looks when you do this in public. Anyway. I think that's the fun part about having a cold. Yeah. Is getting just, to cough and splutter in and watch public. people just <coughs> scatter yeah. to the hills. Watch them go. It's the best. Um, so disappointingly, nowhere near enough. And I'm still living in that space where the kind of the most effective use of my hobby time is shopping. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So there's been, look, probably more of that than there should have been. Um, no. no, I disagree, but go on. We'll see. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> anyway, so stuff that has gone on in the last month. Um, I have, let's let's start with the, the really simple stuff. The TVs, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. was a thing. That is that is now done. I am up to date. That was Good for you. glorious. Okay. Um, Worth doing? Yeah, look, I think so. I thought it was, look, it was potentially slightly predictable. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit too... I don't know, just holier than thou in its... A little bit too Marvel? Oh, a little bit too preachy, I would have said. Mm. Um, But I think what it does do is a really good job of setting up um, the Falcon as an actual player in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Rather than... what they needed. Yeah. 
So, and it, it takes the whole season to do it. Um, they try to make a little bit more out of um, Sam and Bucky's kind of relationship than I think mm-hmm. works. I think Bucky's arc is a little bit predictable and a little bit, I don't know, formulaic, but you walk out of it going, yeah, okay, I can see how you suddenly got a Falcon that is an actual player in the, in the, not just a, a B grade dude with some wings. Who's probably going to get, he's not another Hawkeye by the end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, if nothing else, that's the good piece. Um, the introduction of us agent kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I mean, that, that's what they needed to do. I'm only two episodes in and I will say there was a lot more killing than I expected in the first two episodes. A lot bloodier than I expected a Marvel show to be. Um, but with Falcon especially, now that Cap has officially left mm-hmm. the MCU, uh, they needed to flesh out Falcon more so that he could take the Cap mantle. Absolutely. And, I mean, most of the season is him trying not to take on the Cap mantle. I've which is that. Which is... Yep. That continues. That does not mm-hmm. change. Um, he tries to hand it to every man and his dog. Um, but the thing that it really kind of pulls by the end of it, and without giving any kind of spoilers, is Steve Rogers was kind of the the, the Jiminy Cricket of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that role is the one that he really takes on. Um, okay. By the end of that, you can kind of see that, yeah, the this will be the conscience. This will be kind of that, that heart, that sense of what's right, but also actually has an ability to kick some ass at the end of it. So um, it's, yeah, it's really interesting seeing how they sort of develop him to be a character that can tangle with supers when he is not. Um, So look, it's, it's pretty, in the crux of it, it's pretty lighthearted. It's pretty, mm-hmm. you know, Marvel in its, you know, very action. It, it's like kind yeah. of watching a, a Marvel action series from, from start to finish. Um, I like the fact that Zemo is back and playing. Because um, they need that. I mean, they got rid of too many of the bigger villains in the Marvel. Like, some of them just need to come back because, I mean, it's not quite, you know, what, the DC movies have done killing off their villains, but not these far villains off. need to need to be around more and need to be in everybody's faces. A bit As, more. Especially when they're the named ones, the, your, mm. your Baron Zemo's, your Ultron's, your, you know, that kind of, you know, your Thanos, that kind of level of villain. It's kind of disappointing when they show up for one or two movies and then disappear. Okay. Um, it's only six episodes long. Yeah. It's short. Okay. It's, right, cool. it's an easy watch. Um, and they don't feel so like... I'm a third of the way through. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked the Power Broker piece on it, which I don't know when that comes in, but you'll appreciate that. Okay. Um, I really liked the reintroduction of Peggy Carter. Okay. Is it Peggy? Which one's the younger one? The younger one. Sharon? Sharon Peggy? Carter. Sharon. Peggy was the older one. Sharon is the younger one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there is no... One walking around now named Peggy. Um, I don't know. Anyway, um, so there's some good stuff. It's not long. It's a pretty easy read. I'm now super keen for Loki. Okay. 
Is, um, is Loki next? Uh, yeah, I think Loki's the next season. Okay. And that looks a little bit fun because they start talking the time police, whatever the hell they're called. Okay. Um, which is the Owen Wilson role in the... Yeah, I heard he was in it, but yeah, no, I haven't heard too much. No. I can't think of the name of the agency, but those ones that are supposed to be responsible for the time continuum. Them. Yep. Um, so that was... The th- only name I've got in my head is Rip Hunter, but that's DC. So... <laughs> But yeah, the same the same thing, the Marvel version. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Because they don't at all rip each other. Anyway, um, no. <laughs> there's only so many unique ideas in the world, people. Come on. Um, other stuff, that, talking about screens, I actually downloaded and started having a bit of play with um, Necromunda on Xbox. Yes. Tell me, tell me. Because I sent you a message saying it was on sale. Mm-hmm. And I should and definitely download it. And I did. You downloaded it, but then... I saw your message like an hour or so after it stopped being on sale. I'm like, crap. So I haven't downloaded it. Okay. And now it's no longer on sale. Yes, um, exactly. Three uh, times the price now. Yes. It, it's interesting. It's probably actually good for me mm-hmm. um, as far as a PC game goes or a console game goes because it is turn-based. Yep. Um, and I didn't actually really know a lot going into it except that I like the Necromunda kind of IP and it's pretty and that seemed like a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you only get is it the the Asher and the Goliath off the bat. Yep. Um, and everything else is downloadable at an exorbitant price. Um, and I'm literally only playing through sort of the tutorial stuff at the moment because yep. it hasn't been a lot of time. Um, but it's... It's slower than I thought it would be, and that is a, a just a, a consequence of it being a turn-based thing yep. because it's literally a case of I go, you go. In this case, you is the AI, but you activate a model, you do whatever you want with your model till it runs out of action and movement and those kind of things, mm-hmm. and then you say my turn is done, and then they activate a model and you spectate. Yep. So there's no time pressure there's no anything like that you can kind of like you would playing a tabletop game you can kind of plan out your turn Mm -hmm. um so there's no time constraint on getting those actions in no it's literally though you've you've got a finite amount of movement so if you walk around too much you'll run out of that Mm -hmm. um and then a finite amount of sort of action points that you can use and each of your actions will take an amount of that so you can only do so much um but, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. Like, they've got, you know, actions that, that are setting traps. Um, so you can do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can build barricades. There's there's the standard kind of game mechanics of things like Overwatch. So if someone yep. walks into your, your line of fire, you can zap them. Um, it, it's pretty... It's pretty accurate in its representation of the game in that regard. That's um, good. Okay. I think, you know, it, it's just getting used to the camera the movement and the fact that you are on this kind of multi-level, really interactive terrain. So it's got zip lines and it's got bits you can jump down and it's got all that kind of stuff. So it's really easy to get lost. Um, But that's also probably partially my lack of experience playing that style game, but I would expect a similar kind of thing from more time. Um, Yeah, very much so. 
Um, uh, are my guys, are my Dark City guys in it? Yeah, are the Delaki, Delak, Delak, Delak. Um, are they Delak? I don't. I, didn't even look. I sort okay. of went, I'll get the hang of the game and then I'll yep. decide if I want to play with more. Um, so I avoided looking in case it was tempting. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, as I said, it, it was probably for someone who doesn't play the tabletop game, I can see some people getting out of it pretty quickly because it feels slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you play the tabletop game and you kind of want a console representation of that, that's pretty and immersive and you know, it kind of gives you a single player view each time you're you're yep. capturing that one. It's it's super cool. Um, so we'll get more time. How much time? Bucket if I know, but it's all up in the air. Everything is unknown. Um, from there, look, we did. As I said, the the the, the large portion of my hobby has been purchasing um, because that's very easy to do. Um, and I know way too many people who are ridiculous enablers. Um, <laughs> so We're not that. Oh, it's, it's just painful. That's so, not I mean, the point of this podcast is not to sell people on these games and, and find more people to play with. And look, I'm, I'm guilty as anyone else, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I had been chasing for a long time um, just some paint that I could not get in it drove me insane. So the Vallejo metal color, um, it had an amazing reputation of being sort of this amazing cover and great finish, all that kind of stuff. And I went, right, I'm going to buy some of this and see what it's like. And the second I decided that it stopped being available everywhere. Of course. Um, And I think there was something to do with them changing the formula because something, an ingredient stopped being available or something. So they had to change the formula. So there was this massive pause while they worked out something that worked the same, but was made up of different shit. I don't know. I just yep. work here. Gotcha. Um, that came into Australia not that long ago. And so I ordered a bunch of that and that is now showed up and I picked it up and I've paid for it and I am yet to paint anything with it, but I'm very excited. Um, and then while I was there and I was buying extra paint, I also picked up some, just some ice yellow and some null oil because you can never have too much of that. Um, So a whole bunch of that kind of stuff. Um, I was cracking the shits pretty hard with my airbrush. And so I also ordered a bunch of spare parts. And like, to be fair, I've got two airbrushes. The Badger is fine. And I just need to switch the needles in it because I was a little bit rough with one of the needles and that's totally on me. Um, The Runway 13, which is my first airbrush I've had for more than 10 years and it has worked perfectly fine up until now and I have put it through all kinds of abuse. So I really can't complain, but I then ordered spare needles and nozzles and like all of the different, I've basically got to pull the entire thing apart and replace everything that can be replaced. Um, but that, you know, it was all of about 30 bucks worth of parts. Okay. Um, and it will be back to singing like a brand new airbrush again. Um, actually what we're talking airbrushes. So two things. One, the customer service from Runway 13 is amazing. Um, they're an Australian company. Um, they're not really well known. Um, and if anyone is shopping for an airbrush, particularly like if you're looking for a first one and you want something decent, 
worth a look. I think the the one I've got is about 90 bucks just for the brush. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, not, not stupidly expensive. Um, and as I said, this thing's lasted me for, for 10 years. It's modeled off one of the eyewaters because they don't pattern them. Um, so it's basically the same. Um, and you're dealing with, you know, an Australian company, an Australian supplier, Australian stock. It came from Sydney, I think in less than a week. And, to kick it off, I ordered all these parts and I was just kind of flicking through there all of the different things and adding lots of shit to my cart, not really paying attention. And I get a call on a Sunday from some number I didn't know. And it's the runway 13 guy. And he calls up and he says, Hey, you put through an order for some parts. And I went, yeah. He goes, I just wanted to make sure you ordered what you think you ordered. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, why is this? He goes, well, you've got this size nozzle, uh, this size needle. And I went, yeah. And he goes, so you don't need to buy the whole nozzle if you just want to swap the needle. You literally need just the needle and the little cap it goes into. And I then went, oh, no, that's fine. The airbrush is old and I'm replacing as much as I can on it. So I didn't accidentally buy extra stuff. He goes, oh, good. Now, did you mean to buy two of everything? No, 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 I did not mean to buy two. <laughs> did I buy two of everything? He goes, yeah, you did. So look, I'll refund you the difference. I'll just send you one of everything. How's that sound? <laughs> so. How did you buy two? I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't realize I did buy two. Um, but I got a refund. Um, he just sent me the money back and sent me one of everything. And I honestly, two of everything would have seen up. And I've got to go on. I'm a dickhead and I would have just had two of everything. Um, mm-hmm. But customer service. So if it's taking was, you 10 years to replace the first lot. Yeah. It's the investment. second lot would have hung around for a while. Yeah, I would have lost it. Um, <laughs> so it's customer service was amazing. Um, Airbrush has been amazing. And the only other thing I've had a little bit of a chat to a couple of people on the, the TCG Facebook page, just because they've asked questions about airbrushing and stuff like this. And is it worth something? I think we'll probably talk a little bit deeper about it on another episode. Um, but I feel like there is a real fear about airbrushing with a lot of people that haven't tried it before. And all I would say is, even if all you're doing are some base coats, some some zenithal highlights and, and things like that, if you need to paint anything big, if you need to paint a lot of anything, um, the investment isn't actually that much, given that you're using all the same paints that you would normally use anyway, unless you're an idiot like me and buy all new things just because I can. Um, and, and two of. Sometimes two of. And sometimes they don't refund them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that the, the time saving and the added things that it lets you do, um, you know, just being able to do a base coat without, you know, panicking, like sort of doing that rattle can thing where you, you kind of really delicately pushing the trigger, hoping that you don't spray the piss out of something. Um, having some options to use whatever colors you're actually using to paint with, um, to be able to do, you know, blends and highlights and, you know, power weapons and OSL and stuff that's all, stupidly easy to do in a very basic sense um as that we'll, we'll do we'll have to do a little bit more of a deep dive about it but um i think we should like i have seen some videos of people doing power weapons recently with airbrushes and i well 
I've had all 20 minutes of experience with you with airbrushes. Mm -hmm. I don't own one. I have very little knowledge about them. Uh, so I think we could do another sort of deep dive type episode yeah. where I just plug you for information. Yeah. We just, because uh, it's definitely worthwhile. Ask questions and stuff. But, you know, it's, it's that piece about, you know, it's what is the investment? It's probably a couple of hundred bucks, let's be honest. Um, but, you know, when, when we talk about what we spend on a lot of the stuff that we have for the hobby, it's actually not a massive investment. Anyway, I bought Airbrush things. Um, they showed up. They're still in the packet. I can see them over there. Anyway, <laughs> um, my this is not a recent purchase, but it's a Kickstarter, so it's one I forgot that I purchased. Um, Limbo Miniatures did one a while ago um, for just like single resin 75mm models and, and so I backed that. I'd forgotten about it. Um, and it showed up the other day and it's this amazing looking chick riding a wolf with a spear in 75 mil. So it's fucking huge. Yeah. Um, it's terrifying and I probably will never paint it just out of sheer fear that I will fuck it up. But the fun little tidbit for that one is it got opened by customs. And yep. when I got it and it had the little sticker on it saying opened by customs and everything had been resealed. I opened it very curious and look, it doesn't look like there were any breakages or anything, but I can totally see why it was opened by customs because this thing is made up of God knows however many resin, tiny little mm -hmm. resin parts, all individually wrapped in bubble wrap and then put in little <laughs> plastic baggies. And that was stuffed into this box. Yeah. Um, and, and seal shut. And I can only imagine what that looked like as it went through the little x-ray machine. Um, so, yeah. I, I, as I said, I had a look. It doesn't look like anything's broken. There's some pretty fiddly things like that spear is all resin and it's all very fine and I was very nervous. Um, mm -hmm. But look good. Um, so that showed up. That was exciting. Other things that literally showed up today, somebody got me very excited Again, very easily, and this is another part of, you know, knowing way too many people who are enablers, burrows and badges. Aha. Uh -huh. That's a game. That's turns a game. Out that, turns out that's a game. Um, for anyone who doesn't know anything about that game, there is another podcast that tells you more than I will right now. But effectively, from my very light reading of the rules... Mordheim meets Wind in the Willows. That is that is pretty much where we're at. I I listened to said podcast and straight away had a look at some of those models and they are very cute. They're adorable. They yeah. are fucking adorable. Um, so we had the Hobby Homies doing that podcast and that showed up and I didn't actually hear that until after I'd made said order. But what it took was literally one person throwing a post up on a, uh, the Geelong Facebook uh, Wargamers group saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing an order. And I did exactly what you did. I, I went in and I had a look at some of those models. And then I had a quick scan of the rules to see what the game would be like. And as I said, it's basically Mordheim mm -hmm. with adorable critters. I cannot <laughs> not get amongst that. No, I wondered too because the the post was put up by Adam, 
and it got a lot of people chatting. I don't know how big the order ended up being in the end. I do wonder whether it would have been as big if it was anyone other than Adam putting it up. Look, but it's it's a legitimate question. I don't know. Um, how many people? He's are an in enabler. Room? He's one of the he better is, ones. <laughs> yeah, there is. How many people? No, look, there's only what six or seven people. Okay, it got a lot of chat though. So there are only six and seven people in that group order. Mm-hmm. So I know that there is another order going on from a couple of people that missed it. And I also know that there are a number of people looking at sourcing other models, not from, yep. um, oh, I can't remember the name of the company, Oathsworn Miniatures, mm-hmm. who make them. So it generated a lot of hype really quickly. I, even, I had a look and I had a look at the models and I went, ooh, this one's nice, this one's nice. I kind of need a snake. I'd want a rat. Uh, this fox looks nice, but then I'm like, I don't know how they all go together and, and what my warband would be. So I kind of want to work out that before I yeah. buy anything. So I don't know any of that either, but you bought, how good is this idea? And look, this is after I filled my cart with all the models that I liked the look of and then realized mm. that I needed to rationalize this down a little bit more. So I then went, all right, so what, what's the warband? What's the theme? What's the idea? And there's a whole bunch of little critters of various sorts that came up with the keyword on their the website of clansmen, something like or clan, okay. something like that. And all of them are wearing kilts and <sighs> and tartney things. And one of them is a giant wildcat wearing a big axe and uh, mm-hmm. shield thing. And how good is the idea of William Wildcat leading his band of freedom fighters against the the nobility. Brave fur. Because it gets better. Because <laughs> um, I had a long chat to Adam about this and we got very excited. Um, but so his clans of beekeepers. Beekeepers, you heard me right. Clan of beekeepers. Um, and that was Wait, very... what? Yeah. So William Wildcat and his clansmen, who are beekeepers, um, because you can take our hives, but you cannot take our freedom. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> so now I somehow need to model beehives that have been, like, burnt out and, and stuff as terrain pieces or objectives and things. Um, and this whole idea of the wildcat... With the, the half blue face and yep. yeah, I can't not do it now. I got so fucking excited. Um, and I literally just bought everything that wore a kilt. Um, you and your ideas, man. First it's pirate necromunder dudes. Yep. That's still in the box over there. That's fine. And now it's beekeeper cats. Yes. And others. And the other I one. Like- yeah. So the other one, um, this is the, moving on from Burrows of Badges. I mean, that showed up today. I still haven't actually got my hands on the fuckers. They're at Adam's house. And I haven't been over there. Um, Kings of War <laughs> is a game. It is a 28, 30 mil fantasy rank and flank. Mm-hmm. And it's just been sort of one of the games that Rich from Throw the Dice has looked into. 
Yep. Had a couple of games, got very excited about it. I had played it like two editions ago when Age of Sigmar first came out. I had a bit yep. of a play, went, yeah, it's kind of okay, but and it kind of died. Mm-hmm. Rich is looking at sort of reviving that as the, the fantasy war game that he supports at the store and he promotes at the store instead of Age of Sigma. Okay. Yep. There's a really good tournament scene, um, but the biggest draw card for this game is the fact that the units are, the entire base is a unit. You never take models off. So it's just, mm-hmm. um, you know, one sort of, you can you can either just put individual models onto a movement tray or you can just have what they call multi-base, which is just one big base with all of the models glued to it, which yep. allows for diorama level mm-hmm. units. So the potential for hobby is fucking out the roof. Um, and forever ago, I had an idea about, I had a high elf army for Warhammer that is in a case somewhere. And how much fun would it be if I revived them? But so one of my all time favorite units were the white lions, um, which were basically like these palace kind of King's guards, but they all were like woodsmen. They had these big axes and these lion cloaks. Um, and then I could have guys riding lions and then mm-hmm. a winged lion is like a manticore. And you can yeah. totally have like flappy, they call them dracon riders, but who needs them to be dragons? I could just make them manticores. And then you can have a guy riding a dragon, but again, just a bigger manticore makes that a thing. And all of a sudden I have a lion themed elf army, like where I can do diorama bases of them sort of, you know, going through a, their forest or over some ruins. And I, so I've ordered bases for that. Um, and started making inquiries into some parts I don't currently have that I will need to get printed. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to, speaking of Kickstarters that I didn't back, I wasn't going to back. There was a recent one by Chimera Models. Again, 75 mil, just individual pieces. Um, I was like, no, I won't back it. I backed the last one. And then a new local, and by local, Australian company called Stonebeard Miniatures, um, who was sick of not being able to get display models in Australia. Mm-hmm. You had to get them from the UK. They took forever. Postage was fucking astronomical. So he started importing them. Um, he backed the Kickstarter as a retailer and then yep. let you play, pre-order through him, which means that you didn't pay for the exorbitant postage on the Kickstarter because it was just local postage because he absorbed all those costs and he had this massive big-ass order. Um yep. So I saw that and I couldn't not pre-order things. So I didn't back the Kickstarter, but I have pre-ordered some amazingly bullshit winged chick thing out of that. Um, Technically through the Kickstarter. Not through the Kickstarter because I didn't back the Kickstarter. No. Um, and... But through the guy that did. Yes. <laughs> and then I bought a shit ton of Infinity stuff. Now, I saw this box. Have you played yet? No. That was a large box of models. Well, in my defense... It looked like it, anyway. It was. Um, In my defense, 
the way this played out is I was just kind of buying shit that I liked the look of and I didn't really know what was going on. And I've discovered since that Infinity has these, like the factions that you can play. And then there are mm-hmm. these kind of sub factions that they call something. Sub factions. They're sub factions. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. I've gone blank, but either way. The good thing with these sub-factions is they limit the number of models that you can have or the types of models that you can have Mm -hmm. to fit within the sub-faction. And then I think you might get some bonuses in the game. I don't really know or care. But the important thing is it limits the type of models that you can have, which means I can't go full Pokemon if I restrict myself. (laughs) So you're restricting yourself... By going sub-factions? Yes. That box didn't look overly restrictive. So what then happened was just as I sort of you know had this epiphany, a post shows up on a Facebook buy swap sell page that says, hey, I'm offloading all this stuff. And I went, oh, that's a lot of stuff. I probably don't need all of that stuff, but I need some of that stuff. And then I had a chat to another local player who is collecting the similar similar faction, mm-hmm. not the same sub-faction. And I went, do you want half of this stuff? Because I think I want half of this stuff. And after a little bit of chatting, he decided that he did indeed want half of that stuff. So the two mm-hmm. of us, I have out of that box twice the value of what I paid for it easily if I was going to yep. get it at retail. Um so I have most of the things from said sub-faction now. I don't know what any of them do. Most of them look very pretty. Um, they're all in a box and I need to somehow not be overwhelmed and decide how what to paint first. Because if I just put all of the things out there, I'll never get anything done. So I need to put them all away, which is why they're in said box. And then yep. pull like one or two out and paint those and then rinse and repeat. Um, but yes, there is a lot of stuff. In the infinity box now. The infinity box is full. Um, that is all the buying I did, though. That's it. That's that's okay. I'm done. I've stopped purchasing things <laughs> as at call. that point. Fair um, for a month, that's not too bad. Painting, I have spent all of about, I want to say, four hours of actual paint time in the last month. Two hours of that was doing the base coat for my hobby homies piece for their competition, which I'm still not sure exactly when that ends. End of end of May. Oh fuck! No, that's still a month away. I got time. A month. Yeah, I got hit shit tons of time. End of so, April is today. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a panic that this was May, but no, like tomorrow is May. It's not tomorrow yet. So, I spent two hours doing that, and I had a bit of a an idea that I'd seen, um, like some some le- realistic portrait drawing pieces where they've done all of the person in green first mm-hmm. and then they've gone back and added sort of the warmer tones and everything and because skin being sort of pink red all that kind of stuff green is the opposite side of the color wheel it desaturates all your shadows um so it actually gives you a really natural looking shadow um and lets the highlights pop through and it seemed brilliant it looked very convincing in the youtube video i watched um and i went fuck i wonder if that translates I wonder if I can do that in, in a model. So I painted the whole thing green and it actually looked kind of nice. I, I really liked 
said model all in green. Um, and that was sort of the first night in a couple of hours. And the next night I came along and went, right, well, I've done that piece. Um, I will do the, the next bit of making it look like actual skin. And I started that and it wasn't a hundred percent. And then I did a little bit more and it wasn't a hundred percent. So instead of stopping and, and reevaluating what I was doing, I did some more and I thought I'd fix that. And then that wasn't working. So I did the same thing again, hoping for a different result. And now it's going to get a metho bath because I'm not at all happy. Um, so we're going to, to give up on that concept for the hobby homies terrain, not terrain thing, but the, the autumn one. And I will come up with a different scheme that doesn't involve painting the whole model green first. I think it still has, it has potential, but just no, not, not now. Um, I think that is mainly all of the things I've done. We can talk about Curse City in a bit. Yeah. So that's a, that's a fair effort. Look, again, not much of the actual constructive hobby. Yeah. Yeah. It's hobby prep, let's talk. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of been my justification. If I can't spend any hobby time now, what I can do is get ready for when I will be able to have some Toby home. And what's a better way of getting ready than purchasing? I don't this know. This is exactly it. Um, for myself, there's been a little bit of purchasing. So, um, first of all, Funkoverse. So, the Funkoverse <gasps> game that we played. Yes. There were a couple of expansions that came through. There is a Marvel version coming that I saw a post of today. So, base set has... Widow, Cap, two others, probably Iron Man, I'm guessing. Uh, and then there's a single model expansion with Thanos. But what I did purchase was there was a Darkwing Duck expansion. <laughs> I've just broken Jace. Uh, so Darkwing Duck <laughs> is a single model. That is the best. Um, and I had to get him. And he was a convention-only release, so of course I had to was. get him. Uh, but the other one that came out recently, which I was very upset to find out was only two models and not four, uh, was Alice in Wonderland. So you get Alice, Alice in the Hatter? Or... Alice in the Red Queen. Okay. Yeah. That's I disappointing. wanted the cat. I wanted the cat. Um, I did happen to pick up, there's a chase version. So the chases are like the one in six usually like the the rarer versions and the chase version has uh the red queen all in glitter so it's you know neither here nor there i do have the chase version of the jaws one as well which has blood on you know jaws's teeth so i suppose i couldn't do like blood on the red queen that wouldn't quite work for a disney thing but that's fine um, what else have I bought? I bought the Underworld's Lizards team and then I did some hobby time and I put them all together, uh, which was what interesting. Is actually, I know, right? Doing things with the things you I buy. Know. Look, 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 they're all together. Uh, really interesting in the fact that I bought them, got them, you know, put the cards away and all the rest of it. And then a couple of weeks later, went back to put them together. And I had thrown out the instructions. And I was like, they're Underworlds. How difficult can it be? How hard can it be? Yeah. Uh, and I sort of sat there for an evening 
and I was trying to put them together and some of the pieces just weren't working and I'm like well that looks right but it doesn't seem to go and I got frustrated and I sent an email to GW I said you know please you know can you send me the instructions because I've obviously thrown one out and you know turn this room upside down looking for them when I say upside down I probably spent about five ten minutes looking for them um and then the next night I'm like you know what I'm gonna have another go and everything seemed to click into place. So they're together. And then the following day, I had a response from GW. So um, that was pretty good considering I'd done it over the weekend and they got back to me on the Monday. Yeah. But yeah, they're all together. Uh, what else have I purchased? I purchased a the last ship that I really wanted for Battlestar. So now that Battlestar is no longer a game that they, Ares Games is supporting, um, I think they stop production mid this year. And now that I've actually played it and really like it, I had to make sure I got all the models I wanted. So I have a heavy radar, which will mean nothing to you having not seen the show. I have no idea what that means. It's It's a big model. It's like much bigger than the other models that I've got which I don't have here, so I can't compare for you. Um, But that was the last one I really wanted, so I'm happy about that. I purchased the Sevens pitch for Blood Bowl. I did see this, and I've heard good things. I have heard good things too. I have not purchased the, uh, what do they call it? Is it Dead Zone? Death Zone? I don't know what they've called the new book. Something similar, if not the same, as the last books, uh, which has the rules for seven. So I haven't bought that yet, but I will. Uh, let's see. I got a Kickstarter in yesterday or the day before. Day before, yep. I think it was. So it's one that you uh, backed like in 1997. And... No, no, not quite that far away. But it. I looked it up. It was April last year. Yeah. So, that's... Look, that's... Um, and it was a box of minis, and I opened this box, and I'm like, that's a shitload of minis. I had to think about it for a while. I'm like, did we actually order it? Because I went in with, with a mate of ours, Jack, and this is all Blood Bowl models. Uh, I got the Necro team because I was really impressed with the, the golems in particular. And you know, considered using those golems for the halfling equivalent on a, a halfling, uh, not halfling equivalent, Treeman equivalent on a halfling team. Uh, but I had to go in on that. And then Jack jumped in and he wanted the the pirates, so a whole heap of Skaven that looked like pirates. Um, but I forgot he got the vampire team as well. So there's like three full teams plus all the Kickstarter you know, add-ons yep. and exclusives. And, you know, there's a vampire cheerleader there's a necromantic barmaid there's you know all sorts of things um so i got that and to any other purchases not really i did um finally get round to opening up alien legacy Le- legacy legendary mm-hmm. so the card game and i spent an evening sorting out the cards and putting them in the right areas because it comes with a shitload of cards and they're all in different like really not you can't basically open it up and play you've got to sort it out before you do Uh, so i spent an evening doing that which was quite therapeutic 
I have done a little bit more putting together. So I have put together five of my Necromunda models, uh, which is interesting because I have been doing them sans base. So <gasps> what is really this no like, base business? I know, but I really like the Necromunda bases. So I, I want to kind of paint them. I don't know how I'm going to do this because, I mean, many, 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 many better painters than I will paint things in stages. I've never really believed in that, but I kind of want to paint the bases right. But I don't know how I'm going to paint the models at the same time. But I'll work something out. My, my general Or I'll give approach. up and I'll put them back on the bases. Plausible. Um, mm. I have been known just to really lightly super glue them to just a regular another base that you've got laying around just a blank one paint them on that snap them off because super glue snaps pretty easily um and then glue them to the actual base that you want i've heard that was a theory so i think i might try that i mean the the guys themselves they they are the delacadilic duluc deluc delic however you pronounce it uh the dark city guys and they look really cool they've got trench coats on they've got an amazing amount of pieces per model it's something like nine pieces per model this is, is the the necromunda it is kind of like the games workshop version of malifaux models like yeah, I, it's they're not the ones quite I as bad most people but, complain about though it was interesting looking at them but like once i got my head around it all i was like oh that piece goes there that's that's what that is um the only, only real issue is that, like, the arms, for example, are very much, you know, you have your arm and then you have your hand. Mm-hmm. So not overly complicated, but just uh, took me a little bit to get my head around. A uh, couple other things. So I have, have hooked up with a... All right, I'll, I'll preface this with, with another story. So I've started fucking around with twitch that is a thing that you have done yeah so i went to brisbane and while i was in brisbane i did spend because brisbane's weird like queenslanders are, are a different type oh yeah at least at least when it comes to my father-in-law and his family no no no. it's universal continue okay okay so when like the very first time I went to visit him, they apologized that it was cold and put the fire on. And this is, it was like 20 degrees or something in the evening. And I was in shorts and a t-shirt and they go to bed at like eight thirty, nine o'clock every night. Yeah. And then they, get up, then they get up at like stupid o'clock or? Yeah, yeah, the sparrows fight. So what this happens is, it basically what this means is that a lot of times I will be up much later than anybody else in that house because I just don't do that. <laughs> I, never, I can never go to bed early unless I'm really sick like yesterday. But um, so I spent a lot of time watching a couple of friends and watching random people on Twitch play games. And then I thought, that doesn't seem too hard. I can do something like that. Uh, So what I've done is I've set up a Twitch account 
for the podcast. So uh, if you are on Twitch, by all means, follow us uh, on Thoughtless Casual Gaming, all one word, twitch.tv backslash forward slash whatever the slash slash yeah slash thoughtless casual gaming um so i've been doing on there i've I've been doing some gaming um you know little bits and pieces but i've also been doing some hobby sessions so where i'll get on and i'll glue the necromunda guys together for example or glue the um blizzardman and uh, start painting some models that sort of thing it's it's been good because i've had random people on there and just chatting about hobby um and it's been a lot of fun so but while i've been doing that i have reconnected not that you know just i haven't spoken to him for a little bit mate of mine george so he is a he's been a twitch streamer for a while he had the he he sort of had enough. He he'd reached like six hundred plus followers and was earning in some decent money from it. But it he was getting some shitty people in there as well, and so he'd had enough and, and switched off. And when he saw me get on, he's jumped back on and been in quite a few of my chats chatting about because he's done. He's got like a big sisters of battle forty k army and and stuff like that. Um. But he was saying, you know, we should get on. We should, you know, you're motiva- motivating me to get back on. I said, well, let's have a game. And he said, oh, I picked up Diablo 3 for 10 bucks secondhand at JB the other day. And I thought, Diablo 3, man, I, I loved playing that. So I had a hunt around the local JB, didn't find any copies. I got all ready to go into Geelong for a trip, especially to JB, to pick up Diablo 3 for brand new. They had it for like 29 bucks. Five minutes before I was going to go, I thought, I'm just going to look on the Xbox. And sure enough, I've, I own it on the Xbox. I just needed to download it. Did you own it twice? No, no. I was about five minutes away from owning it twice. But... Um, but for some reason, the one on the Xbox that I had owned, I had the ne- Necromancer uh, DLC, which I never remember purchasing. Uh, so I have downloaded that and I've started Necromancer and got her up to about level 20-odd for just finished Act 1 today. So I've been having a bit of fun with Diablo 3 again. Um, and with any luck, uh, George and I will get on and, and do some co-op stuff of that soon. So there's been that. Uh, last thing I'll say to is painting. <gasps> actual so, hobby. No, nah, actual hobby. We I've I've hyped on about this for quite some time. How I have painted every day this year. That stopped. Wait, so, and to be fair, that wasn't just a random stoppage. It wasn't. You no, know, it with Brisbane. I decided that. It was just going to be too much effort and like just too awkward to pack paints, pack models, just to keep the street going. And I had a lot to do while I was up in Brisbane. So I stopped just before I went up and that was 97 days in a row, which That's a lot of is pain. Not, not, That's, it's a fair effort. It's a reasonable amount of pain. Yeah. Um, 
And then I got back and I didn't pick up a brush for a couple of days because, yeah, I was kind of just having a bit of a break from it. But also the fact that I had started painting the original orcs from Underworlds. Mm -hmm. And these are the ones I started ages ago. I wanted them with purple skin and yellow armor and put the contrast paint on. Didn't like it at all. And so sort of left them for months. And then started really working on them just before I went to Brisbane and did layering. So base paint, my base paint was the contrast. And then I went up from that and they started looking really good. And I thought, well, to give it a bit more definition, I'm going to do some edge highlighting. And I hated it. <laughs> I just, I just got so frustrating. So that's the reason. That's in the process that, or the result? The process. Okay. Like it's just tedious and staring, and you know sometimes I do like I do an edge highlight and take the brush away and go shit that's perfect, and then I do the next thing and it's three times as thick as the first one, and then you just kind of have to quickly water on and take off that extra two thirds or whatever. Anyway, I was getting frustrated with my lack of ability with edge highlighting. So I hadn't picked up the brush. I started up again six days ago and have kept the streak going since then. So I have finished that Underworld's Orcs team. So they are all done. Uh, and I have finished a little skeleton marker for another game. And so I'm up to 58 models done this, this year. Out of a forecasted how many? 75. Yeah. Yeah. 80, um, I think so it was not, 87 the year before. We're not halfway figured, through the year. No. I'm hoping to hit triple digits. I like it. Yeah. I'm hoping to. I'm not going to pressure myself to do it because oh. I don't want to be doing models quickly. New Year's Eve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, just sitting there. Crying. Like it's the... Yeah. Like it's the day before a tournament. Oh, dear. And that's probably about the extent of it. I think that's all my notes. So the so, other yeah. thing that I will mention now before we kick on is Warhammer Quest Curse City. Yes. Because that is one that we can equally talk about. Um, that I'm, I'm so curious to see how this actually plays out. Yes. So... We knew the game was coming. We knew the models were amazing. We didn't have an idea of the cost of the game, but we expected it to be ridiculous. So in a, a, a possibly a stroke of a stroke of brilliance, maybe not. Or madness. One of the one two. of one of our mates, good friends Chris, went, What would be awesome is if we split this game. But not just like you and me split it or me and him split it. There are eight heroes in this. What if I found eight people to split this game with and they can all have a hero each and then a eighth of the rest of the models and stuff that come in it. And then at some point in time in the hypothetical future world where this actually happens, <laughs> like in some sliding doors moment, we're all going to get together and co-op this shit out of Warhammer Quest Curse City with fully painted things because we've all gone away and all painted our hero and our eighth of the models. 
So he found eight people, us included, stupid enough to think this was a great idea. Um, it was a great idea. It is. Especially considering how quickly that game sold out. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's just nuts. Like it was a, uh, within the weekend, I think they were gone. And as far as I'm aware, GW has not got any plans of redoing They're, it. They're not talking stage. about it, are they? No. no. Um, They're avoiding sorry. it. We organized, we ordered a, a game between the eight of us. Um, and then we had the enviable task of working out how we were going to distribute said models because mm-hmm. guaranteed out of the eight people that we found who wanted to go in on this, you weren't going to find eight people that wanted different heroes or that no. liked the So this, we needed some way of making this a vaguely fair or, you know, perceived to be fair approach. So the way this played out, is we roll dice. And Seems fair for a game. It was either that or a random number generator. I don't know. I feel like Chris probably rigged it. But um, <laughs> effectively the way this played out is then we came up with a random order of picking and we would work down that order and you would pick your hero and that would be it. And then when we got to the bottom of that, we would work back up picking mm-hmm. the villain of your choice. And then we would work... Up it again or around it again. And then at some stage went, this is fucking silly. We'll just get together and divvy the rest out. I think, I think Chris and I were talking when he first broached the subject with me, we're talking about this and, and I was definitely all for the sort of random, you know, you choose for, you know, whoever gets whatever order chooses. But I think I might've mentioned the fact that, he was worried about the the monsters. And I said, well, why don't you just go backwards? Mm-hmm. So that way, whoever gets first choice of their hero. It's last choice of. Gets last choice. It makes it a little bit more fair. So. Especially when there he, were definitely some villains that were better than others. Yes. So. There were, I mean, there were definitely heroes that were better than others, definitely villains that were better than others. And, you know, if you do it all sort of first person chooses first, then they're going to get all the best stuff. So you want to make it as fair as possible. It's and I think I think the way it worked out was as fair as humanly possible. I think everybody came out happy. Yep, absolutely. I think I don't think anyone's going to complain. But look, realistically, I think we also found eight people willing to go in on the spirit of the, the concept, yes. which is the big thing. Um, and look, if you want me to buy in on something, tell me it's a random mystery box and I'm probably going to go in on it. Um <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for one of those. But anyway, um, worked out pretty well. So we did an online kind of choice for the, the first couple. Mm-hmm. There was a big old Facebook Messenger where we yep. went down the list and everybody picked and Chris and got very Messenger upset. just got very oh, busy. Because, look, there was there was kind of a process, right? Theoretically, you said, this is the model I want. And there was a picture of it and you, you crossed it out on the picture and you posted the picture and then we all knew what was going on. And that very quickly went out the window with eight people doing whatever the hell they wanted and some order trying to be wrangled. But we managed. We got through all mm-hmm. eight of the heroes. That was that was pretty fine. Um, so where were you in the number? Or I was you were like third. third. Yeah. So I was fifth. 
And as far as the heroes go, like there's there's a story in that in itself. Um, the heroes definitely some of them look better than the others, and the whole way through this conversation, everybody is ragging on the dwarf. Yep, and saying it's like the dwarf whoever goes is last the, is getting the dwarf, and it was it became a huge um, joke basically, which was which was hilarious to go, and we were choosing heroes and it was, I remember it was a day at that I was at work and the messages were going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it got to your turn mm-hmm. and I'm looking at these models and the ones that are still available. So the first two were gone. I'm like, I didn't really want either of those two. That's fine. There are two there that I really like the look of. And I'm up third from now. I'm like, my, my odds are pretty good. And then you went mm-hmm. and you chose one of those two. And I'm like, oh. And Mark was next and I knew he had his eye on it. He was at least thinking about the other guy I was interested in. And then he ended up taking him. And I'm like, well, oh, shit. <laughs> See, and I wasn't aware about... of that either. This is fun. <laughs> so, I mean, what was funny is I was looking at it going, right, well, the way this plays out is whoever goes first gets the witch hunter because that mm-hmm. is the coolest model in the box. So that's that's a, a no-brainer. And then the next coolest one is kind of the ogre, and then we start, I don't know, scraping from there. They, they were kind yep. of, And the way it played out is Phil went first, and he didn't get the witch hunter. He went, no, I'm going to get this noble-looking dude, like the duelist-looking noble guy with the, the top knot. And I went, He's pretty cool. It's a cool model. Okay, I can see what you've done there. I mean, wrong choice. And then... But, you know, all right, you know, to each their own and all that kind of thing. And I went, right, well, there's somebody before me, so I'm not getting the Witch Hunter. So which other model do I want? Oh, probably, I think the Ogre is the next, the next coolest. Mm-hmm. So there's, all right, it looks like I'm going to get the Ogre. And then Kenny went, I think I'm going to go with the Ogre. And I went, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I, I never thought I'd find myself in this position. Um, I guess I'm going with the one that should have gone two choices ago. Yeah. Uh, well, that was, that was my theory too. Like when, when I originally thought of it, I'm like, he's pretty cool, but he will go first. So I'm not going to get a chance with him. But then he went third. So. Yeah. Um, so it's fun. I, I now have a witch hunter. And then we sort of went down the list and everybody got stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to fifth. Both your choices yep. were gone. Both my choices were gone. I'm like, yeah, because I really wanted the the old pedophile guy. I don't know what he is. I'm some sort of wizard with a long beard. I, I like the look of him. And so there are a couple options left. There was an elf, and I'm never big on elves. So he was out. And there was a Bran of Tarth looking chick. And I was like, eh, maybe. And I, I thought about it for a while. I, I said to the guys, I'm like, okay, this is going to take me a little while to think about. And I just went, I'm not overly sold on any of these heroes from now on, so it doesn't really matter. Nobody else wants a dwarf. That's overly obvious. I'm not um, even sure if that's the case. I just feel like everybody leaned into the joke so hard. <laughs> well, they did. They did. Um, and then I thought, well, if we do end up playing, I reckon the dwarf's probably a decent character to play. So I went, oh, Fuck it. I'm going to take the dwarf. And there was a collective gasp 
<laughs> that he went fifth instead of eighth, like everybody assumed. Yeah. Look, in your defense, I actually didn't mind the dwarf. It's, I don't mind the dwarf. It's either. actually kind of a poor like, model. Yeah, he's he's cool. going to be interesting for me to paint. I got like a little admiral coat thing going on. He's yeah, got he's like, got an admiral coat. He's got like a lot of these sort of, you know, uh, motorized type things that the dwarves tend to have these days. Um, dwarves these days with their motorized things know. and their I don't know. music that's just a bunch of noise. Anyway. Yeah. Beards that look like they're metal. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, he's going to be interesting to paint, but I was happy enough with him. Yep. So no problems. Um, and then we went through and everybody chose their heroes and it started to go back on the uh, the villain side. Yep. And the interesting thing is that with the villains, the main villains, the named villains yep. for this cursed city, there's only five of them. Mm, and there's eight people and this was challenging. Yeah. And this is where I think Chris rigged itself because he was last in that list, right? <laughs> Which means he also gets the first pick of the villains. And mm. what is a super fucking cool model is that named... Lord Vampire with the fucking wolf pelt things. Like the main dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wasn't overly sold on the model myself, but. It was cool as fuck and I was totally going to nab him <laughs> if I was had any chance. There was never a chance. I feel like that was the one that Chris really wanted. Um, anyway. Ah, look, he I don't care. It. It's, if he rigs it, fair enough. All right. This, this is kind of finder's tax, right? Um he organized the whole thing. He took payments. He organized the box. He organized the night when you guys got together and, and divvied everything up. Oh, fuck. That was anyway. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like when, um, so I'm, I'm now, instead of being fifth, I'm fourth mm -hmm. and it comes up to my turn. And all of a sudden the main named guy that I really liked that looks a bit like pyramid head was still up for grabs. Oh, yes, the Grave Digger friend. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, how the hell did that make, you know, I can't that get the happened. hero I want, but how the hell did I, this happen? That happened because we were, oh, no, that happened later. Because, um, yeah, there were a few of the, the bad guys. Well, I mean, there was Wolf Pelt friend. Yeah, there was Wolf There was Man Bat. Man Bat. There were some, there was some decent, yeah, vampire type models. But, yeah, look, this, this guy would have been my first choice as far as villains go. So, you know. Everybody wins. I, everybody wins. It's and, it, you know, it's a good little yep. little system. I don't mind it. I'm so keen to see if we actually manage to, A, get all this stuff done. <sighs> um, because then what happened, we did that a couple of times, everyone out with a couple of models, and then mm -hmm. we tried to organize a night to get together to divide up the rest. Yep. Um not everybody made it. There was about five of us that got in there. Some people were in Queensland. Some people yeah, just sorry, whatever. couldn't. <laughs> Rude. Anyway, but the way this played out, there was a plan for it to be very organized and for somebody to go, right, what are you choosing? Find the model, find the bits on the sprue, clip them out, throw them in a bag, label that. And what it ended up devolving into was like five people with clippers just hacking at sprue <laughs> and hoping that we got all of the bits and watching sort of, you know, someone clip and then something fly across Mark's garage. <laughs> um, it, I, yeah, we abandoned all sense of, <laughs> it was a Lord of the Flies-esque type moment going on there. Um, 
and as it was, we somehow divided them. We ended up mm-hmm. with, and then they delivered. And ever since then, we've been returning the right part to the right people. As someone goes, oh, I don't think this bit was mine. Oh, do you have this bit? Because I don't have that bit. And there's been a lot of sort of toing and froing. I didn't have that much with mine, which is good. Um, I did choose as one of the choices, like a little hanging skeleton pointing in a direction. So it's like a, an objective marker or something, which I've painted up and looks really nice. But apparently, and I didn't realize this when when I got the pieces, but each hanging skeleton has two bodies. One which has like the a bag over his head and one which is just a skull. And I like the skull one. That was pretty cool. But the the two bodies that I got were pointing different directions. So I'm assuming that the one that's pointing pretty much directly into the wooden beam that he's hanging from should have gone to the other person that got this. Yeah. And vice versa. Um, but yeah, but apart from that, I don't think... I've got, I've got some bats that we thought were spare that actually are part of one of the Chris's models. Um because there was these kind of, oh, there was some doubles and there were some sort of choices where you could go, yeah, this guy could yeah. be assembled with the, the bag head or the skeleton head kind of deal. So we kind of got to that age when we just kind of threw bits in bags and went, yeah, deal with the extras. Um, and it turns out some of those extras were not extras. They're actual parts of models. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll work that out. It's fine. Yeah, it's Everybody's it's, a, it's a process. Um, but I've got a handful of models that I didn't have before and I'm happy with all of them. This is so it. And I have... Know, for the, the small buy-in price that it was when we yeah. split it between eight of us. Exactly. I've got stuff. I like having stuff. Well, I've got my little skeleton dude all painted up and he looks, I'm quite happy with him. Uh, and I've started on two others. I've started on some bats, which I'm really, really liking how the I've done like a red on the inside. Red. Um and sort of covered that with black and it looks really good. And I'm just like, I don't know where to go from here. So he's gone on the back burner. (laughs) I'm like, I want to get him looking right. And he looks good now. I just don't want to fuck it up. That's all good. Well, again, mine mine is sitting assembled and that's as far as I got. No, assembles good. Yeah. I've got some rats I've got to put on a base somehow because... The base that was with them is not big enough, so yes, I'll find another that base. Whole piece around some, yeah, some stuff fun. got a little bit mixed. It's fine. Whatever. Look, I was three or four beers in, and I had a pair of clippers. <laughs> I did notice, like when this this night was going on, the chat was fairly consistent to a point. Um, because yeah, there was myself and and one or two others that couldn't make it, and then everything seemed to be going in order and then the chat just sort of died and all of a sudden I'm like so what's happening <laughs> oh here's here's your stuff I'm like okay cool because <laughs> yeah. I sent Chris a picture of just basically going okay you know kind of interested in some of the rat swarms because I can use them with Mordheim you know a bat or two or you know yeah. giving him some some ideas of what to choose for me if it came to that and, uh, yeah, so I figured that the, the night was getting fun. Yeah, look, it was it was an experience. It's a fun <laughs> one. Yeah, um, fun. But, yeah, yeah, you had three or four people with clippers on, you know, one set of sprues, one person with the instructions and no one listening to them. Um, it goes well. 
Excellent. Well, on that note, should we take a break? Mm-hmm. Find a tune. I think we pre-chose a tune. I can't remember what tune we You've do. chosen a tune, but it's I'll probably about 500 messages back. Yeah, I have to go back and find out what that was. Yes, because I can't remember what it was. No, I can't either. Let me go find that. And right. we'll come back in and talk some other things. Yeah, talk about some games. But I can. You can? Well, how will anybody else know that we're recording again? I think that they'll be listening to our voices, and by default, they will know. Oh. Oh, okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So we've got a bit of a gaming update, but before we do that, I do want to talk about something which I forgot about in the first section. Uh, You were talking about Necromunda. Yes. The the Xbox game yes. or computer game or whatever you want to play it on. Uh, there are a couple more coming out that I wanted to talk about. Ooh. So there were two in particular, but I've just found a third. Is one of them Blood Bowl? One of them is Blood Bowl. So Blood Bowl 3 is coming August. August? So August. I am hyped. I am hyped because that'll be a day one purchase for me for sure. Um, if anyone has ever played Blood Bowl on console or PC, it's exactly the same as if you were playing it with somebody. Uh, it, they get it right. So yeah. I'm I super curious wait. to see what they do in the way. Like, obviously, there's the team upgrades and the rule upgrades mm-hmm. and all those kind of things that they need to change. But AI and interface, yep. like, they're the bits I'm really curious to see about what they do. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm hyped. Uh, there is, I've just noticed there is a Warhammer Age of Sigma game coming 27th of May, Stormground, which looks okay. It's not really the sort of game that I'd go for. Um, but it's basically choose one of three factions and, and wage war on the other two, I suppose. Uh, so it's got so total war that isn't total war. Pretty much, I think. So Stormcast, um, Nighthaunt, and Maggotkin. Interesting. Interesting third choice. Like the other two were there kind of. I suppose they they do do a lot of Nurgle stuff though. But anyway. They do. They do. The other one which I really wanted to mention to you, I don't know if you've heard about this, is a game coming out called Hired Gun. 
And it is... Is this the Necromunda first-person yes. shooter? First-person shooter. Warhammer Doom, they are calling it. And the trailer looked incredible. Curious. I I'm am very curious. curious. Uh, I... It looks like 1st of, first of June for that one. So, yep. Hyped, hyped. There will be some uh, some new stuff to play. Yeah, lots. Excellent. Anyway, we have a couple of games to talk about. Um, I might go first because I did play some games which I have talked about previously. So Batman Who Laughs Rising. So it's a board game. You can play it a couple of players, but you can also play it solo, which is what I did. Just on one evening, I thought I'd give it a go. Um, it took me a little while because obviously first playthrough, I'm trying to get my head around things, trying to work out exactly when things happen. Uh, I was a bit confused because basically to win the game, you have to beat the Batman who laughs, but he has to come out before you do. And then there's a time limit thing. Uh, so I was curious as to how long I actually had to beat him. Um, I got him right on the end. I was one away from him winning, uh, but I managed to take him down. I'm sure I missed a few things because, like, obviously only the first playthrough. Uh, and the first, playing solo, you play two teams. So it started to get a little bit – you had to get your head in the right spot going, okay, well, it's this team's turn now. Yeah, and okay. then play that and then go on to the next team. And so it sort of had to, I mean, you could, there's not a lot of interaction between the two teams. You, I mean, as far as setting things up for the next players go. So um, it wasn't like I had to pretend either way that I didn't yeah. know things that I did, which was fine. Um, but it, yeah, not that a bad when, when you're playing game. a two-person game with one player and pretending yes. like you're you're playing equally, yeah, yes. none of that. I don't know what the other person has in their hand, um, but yeah, there was no hands or anything, so it was quite good. The other one I had, um, my brother and I, whenever he comes down this way, we try and get together one night to have a bit of a game. And we've we've done a few things in the past, like you know, Battlestar. I think was the last one we did. He came down for Easter weekend, and we got together. And another friend of mine, Alice, was around as well. Uh, so the three of us played Alien Legendary. You know? So this is after the day that I spent setting everything sorting up, out cards, uh, yep. sorting out the cards. We actually played it. So. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. We tried playing through, it was the first Alien film. So there are obviously the four films. So it doesn't go any further than Alien Resurrection. But you can play through each film using different scenarios. Um, we got through, there were three stages. And we got through the first two, no problems. I was starting to think, okay, well, you know. This is not overly difficult. Um, but yeah, the um, at the end of the second stage that we got through, so there's, there's a couple of objectives and you've got to wait until the cards flip over before you can actually do them. So 
uh, each stage, the cards will be shuffled. So stage one cards will be shuffled and put on stock top of stage two cards, which is stuff shuffled. And likewise with stage three, the end goal for this was obviously killing the Xenomorph from the end of alien. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got through the first two, no problems. And then we started dropping off. So I think I was the first person to die outright and then Alice went and then it was all up to my brother and the, the alien that we needed to kill happened to be shuffled onto the very bottom of the deck. So we didn't succeed, (laughs) but it was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. And definitely something I'll be going back to. Compared Uh, to the other Compared to DC, it was it was different because you were playing through the film. So the first three, I'm trying to remember exactly because it was Easter, so it was a little bit a while ago now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the first one, one of them was sort of trapping it in the ventilation shafts, one of the stages. And that was pretty, you know, yeah. first one was, I think fixing something or and we had to wait until two separate cards were turned over um and there's a whole there's an interest there's a, like a track so there's like five different areas in the spaceship for example mm-hmm. and so you flip over a card it's, if cards put on each section each turn and if you don't deal with that card it goes further and further down the line until it reaches like the sixth section, which is basically they turn over. If you haven't identified what they are till before then, they turn over. And if they're aliens, they start attacking you. Yeah, okay. If they're face huggers, you've got to get rid of them straight away. Otherwise, you die. Uh, things like that. So by the end of the second stage, when we finished off that, we'd trapped it in the ventilation shaft. But by doing that, we'd that gets rid of one of those five sections. So things were coming in and hitting us quicker and things like that. So really, really cool because it had that storyline and because, I mean, the alien stories are so good. At least two or three of them are. Um, (laughs) It was just, it was a lot of fun. So it's made me, I, I do have the expansion for it, which is different characters that you can play. So you basically, your deck that you're you're pulling resources from are made up of four different characters, mm-hmm. and you get to choose what characters they are. So we chose the ones from Alien One. As so there was Ripley, yep. there was Dallas, there was um, the other two guys. Yeah, so <laughs> the girl and the engineer. But the expansion adds on other characters that you can you can then use as well. So the expansion adds Brett on to the alien side or the alien one side. So I resisted urge to play him in the deck. Uh, but next time, next time. But yeah, really enjoyed it because it, it seemed a bit more thematic and a bit more uh, story driven than the other yep. one. Yeah, nice. Uh, so fun, fun, definitely fun. I'll get you on next time. All right, sounds good. Uh, and then going into our gaming session. So, <gasps> totally played yeah, a game. We played a game. We played two games. Sort of, yes. Of the same game. Sort of. But different styles. 
Yes. So <laughs> the way this played out was kind of just it just it all kind of stars aligned and stuff happened either way. So good mate of mine, Pip, um, that I've been gaming with forever, lives out sort of West Melbourne somewhere. He was going to be down for a couple of days. He said, oh, do you want to catch up for a game? I went, yeah, that sounds awesome. What are you playing at the moment? Because that's always the, the question. Yeah. Um, it was kind of, oh, look, there's, there's some options. We've got some stuff. Uh, and one of those options was the game that we are about to mention, the game that shall not be named. Um, and the flip side, I'm like, well, I also need to play something. So we have something to talk about here mm-hmm. and we should we should totally play some games as well so let's find something that we can play as a multiplayer option so we came up with this option we're like yeah that sounds sweet um and then randomly i don't, I don't even know how it happened i think it's because he was also teeing up Warcry games mm-hmm. some extras got thrown in and so it was suddenly oh matt was gonna play do you mind if he comes along too and we'll play as well i'm like yes yeah, wait let's just let's just see what happens this, this is gonna get wild so we booked a table over at throw the dice because i have babies sleeping and you have a family and things and it, mm-hmm. it's just easier and it's kind Any of easy to, get, to out. get out of the house look there's that as well <laughs> it's into that house of temptation i don't think i bought too much i totally bought a membership yeah, he's, you bought yeah. a membership, yes, yeah. and you have thrown the idea into my head, and I've touched base with Rich about well, what I need to do to buy one. You get you get a discount on orders, mm-hmm. and I tend to order things, so it's basically paying for itself. Plus, it's supporting Throw the Dice, which well, is there's that too. Yeah, the 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 coolest little place in Geelong to play games. Yeah. Um, so we teed it up on a Wednesday night, which is Infinity Night. So it was a full house uh, when we rocked up, um, which was fun. It just, it, mm. there was a lot of people playing a lot of games, a lot of dice being thrown. It was happy days. Um, there was some magic gathering going on too. That's what happens when they run out of Infinity to play. <laughs> um, and I have chastised everybody involved, but they refused to listen. Um, I was getting excited because I bought myself a magic deck the other, oh, a while ago now, but I haven't played it this yet. Is, this is why we can't have nice things. Um, <sighs> we're not friends. This is why we're doing it remotely. No, no, because we're sick. <laughs> it's because we don't want to be around each other. Um, Get away, you disgust me. Ugh, card game. Anyway, um, so we played Underworlds. Warhammer Underworlds. But better than Warhammer Underworlds, we played Warhammer Underworlds multiplayer. Yeah, um, multiple. Everything is better with, with multiple players. Um, so we had the two of us, Pip and uh, Matt, who's a, another local, played a lot of Underworlds and is now... Matt, Matt is basically the face of Underworlds in Geelong. He's, he, oh, you've said he hasn't played it for a bit. He kind of is now the face of Warcry. Um, mm. he's kind of hit that really hard, which is a good game. And I thoroughly endorse this, but I still don't have yes. time um, to get involved as much as I would like to. Um, so we played four player Underworlds and my original plan moving into doing Underworlds again, because I'd bought the most recent, I can't remember what the season is. Diachasm. Diachasm. 
Yes. Chasm. Yes, gaping chasm. <laughs> um, so I still had the warbands assembled now, but the cards, when they, they pre-do the, the little, um, you know, play it with this deck first. We pre-built you one and then mm-hmm. get used to the game and then go off and, and build your own deck. And I still had them in those decks. So I'm like, great, we can just totally play Underworlds, but with as intended, like let's do an introduction to the game, the way the game was supposed to be introduced rather than just doing it our own way. Um, so I grabbed the elves out of, or the, the, the Lumineth, the fucking high elves, elves. out of the um, box and grabbed that deck and went, right, I am, I am set. Um, Pip brought along the, the dark elves, whatever they're supposed to be called now. Um, Dark elves. Yep, the witch elves, and effectively the the deck, basically the the faction deck that they came with. Um, Maddie, I'm trying to even remember what he brought along the old orcs. Season one orcs. Season one orcs, um, which was fun, and he'd actually had those painted, so way to show us up. And then you brought along the, I think it was did. Were you saying it was a uh, sort of a poll that you put together for which team you should play? Yeah, so I actually jumped on on Twitch the night before and ran a couple of options past people that were watching, and the majority vote was Magor, so the second corn warband from season one. The one with the dog. The one with the dog, the good boy. The So I didn't have the... Um, good grace of having my decks in that sort of format. So what I tried to do, and I didn't have an awful lot of time, so I tried to grab as many of the the faction-specific cards that mm-hmm. seemed to be halfway decent, and then I just filled it with um, Shadespire cards. Yep. I, you know, I took my shades by only folder to work with the idea that I would make the deck during lunchtime and then you didn't get that a didn't happen. Yeah. So I rocked up to throw the dice a little bit early and started putting the deck together. I tried to avoid any cards, which seemed overly powerful. I just tried to grab you know, stuff. Yeah. You know, great fortitude, great strength, great speed or whatever the one, that yep. one is your basic sort of card. So I tried to make it as basic as possible, but Probably wasn't as um, basic as as your deck was, for sure. The good news is you can't really take multiplayer serious, so it didn't really matter. Um, And then the other piece that happened as a part of this that I didn't know was a thing, that in one of some box upgrade expansion somewhere, there were these environmental cards that Maddie pulled out. Yes. So this was in the... Um, the one that was available in Barnes and Noble overseas. Uh, so the ones that the the Banshees and or the it was. yeah the Banshees and the Seventeenth Stormcast team mm-hmm. um, came in a box for which was basically a starter Underworld set uh, and it had these environmental cards, which Matt brought along because he's got everything. So. We started playing with those. Uh, just going back to the to the factions um, quickly, though the the reason that Matt brought his orcs is w- him and I had a bit of a chat the night before, 
and we were talking and both of us came to the conclusion that you were playing and Pip was playing. Correct. And so therefore there were going to be these amazingly beautiful painted models. <laughs> <laughs> I've just broken him. So we, Matt and I were thinking, well, we've got to bring something painted because otherwise it's just going to look shit compared to you guys. Yeah, no. Uh, so I, he, he brought his orcs, which are one of his painted warbands. I brought, you know, I only gave the people on Twitch the options, options between painted warbands. Yep. And we rocked up and uh, yours weren't undercoated, were they? No, no, no. They came that color. That's the color yeah. of the plastic. I think pips were undercoated. Oh, I think they were purple. What were they? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so, Yeah. Yeah, no, we... So me and Matt, and Matt had a go at me afterwards. He's like, bring painted warbands, you say. I'm like, well, I assumed. <laughs> we know what assuming does. Um, oh, well. Yeah. So, I mean, long story short, the environmental cards, let's, let's just add that into the, it was a random card or two that you drew each round. I think it was one in the mm-hmm. first turn, two in the second turn and things like that. And it just added an extra in-game effect. So one of them, for example, made all of the edge hexes, lethal hexes. Yep. Glorious. Um, and it had some flavor text and was something about whirling blades coming out of the walls and it was great. Um, one of the, uh, quite a few of them had roll-offs as part mm-hmm. of the, the thing. They were kind of a one-off effect. So um, the one I can remember um, was whoever wins the roll-off gets to choose a point on the board and then four hexes from that effectively and a giant mm-hmm. laser beam think never ending story style eye lasers um came out and nuked yep. did a wound from models and stuff um so there was a whole lot of that none of it was game breaking none of it was ridiculous but it just added a little bit of extra one of them ah oh, one of them gave you an automatic success to all of your yes uh, all of your attack rolls attack rolls Glorious. So one round, everybody was getting an automatic success yep. automatically. It was the best. Automatically. Yeah. No, look, the, those cards, I've, I've never seen them before, um, but they were a lot of fun. That was, that was my favorite bit. Yeah. Um, so they like you in. said, it was it was multiplayer. So like we were all playing for shits and giggles. Well, this is it. And, and as Matty was saying, that every time he's played four-player – somebody ends up being the meat in the sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, that that someone was me. Yes. Um, and it just, that's the way it, it played out and that was fine. But it, like, even to that point, there were times there very early on where I could have just been wiped completely from the game and people chose to do other things for very strategic and tactical reasons, not yes. to keep an extra player in the game for an extra turn. Um, and what that let me do over the course of the three turns was to Voltron up the elf with the hammer um, into a whirling death machine that nobody wanted to play with. Yes. Uh, and then they killed What him. was his name? Hammers McGee. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely... A Warhammer name, isn't it? That is definitely the elven version of whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, Hammers McGee, he was, he was going to lay waste to anyone who came near him. Um, so nobody did, and they shot him from far way away in the last turn, and I did not live 
which means I also did not win. But um, that was just stupid amounts of fun. It was. Like, it's I know been... if you can remember other things that happened. I sure as hell can't. Uh, not like I've got a couple of notes because basically it was all for fun. Like nobody was playing for, for, for the win or for anything other than to have fun. So the setup was pretty much the orcs place their board. I think I placed first, did I? I don't know. Anyway, the, the boards were basically the orc board on top of my board. And then you were in the middle of both of those. Mm-hmm. So one on top of two, three was right in the middle of one and two. And then the dark elves on the other side. So you definitely became the meat in the sandwich. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking I, I got to go first. And so I charged forward with Riptooth. And took a swipe, and it must have been at one of your guys. Sounds plausible. Sounds plausible. Anyway, uh, charged forward with Riptooth, took a shot, rolled dice, nothing happened. Yes. So my dice were not overly kind to me for for most of the night, which is fine. Um, And then after my doggy missing his food, uh, one of the orcs went, charged into Riptooth, did almost enough damage to kill him, mm-hmm. but then pushed him back onto the lethal hex that I had placed at the start of the game to kill him. So within the first round, I've lost one of my guys. And I thought, okay, this is a good sign, especially as I'm near the orcs and, and obviously we're going to get into a punching match. Um, but by the end of the game, there were there was one dark elf left. I managed to take out the last orc. You were all gone. So the orcs were all gone. And I had the other three corn guys left. Yeah, there was... I I don't know what happened and how... Riptooth died really early. And then it felt like everybody ran into the middle and left you alone. And there was just kind of a turn or so in the middle there where we all just kind of fought this battle of mutual extinction. And then you just kind of wandered in that third, third round and cleaned up. Well, it's kind of, I think, like, the initial tactic was my guys were a little bit further back on their board. So I was slightly out of charge range with for the orcs. So I started moving the guys at the back first. So I think Magor came up, got into to your board, leaving the last two guys who could have been charged if they moved. Mm-hmm. But then... They were the, the last ones did other things. and the orcs had already done stuff. Yeah, and, so, yeah. so it didn't end up happening. And then, yeah, so in the end, I mean, I think I went, I definitely went at least the first turn without scoring anything. Um, but in the end, it was one card in my deck which, which won it for me. So I had um, Annihilation in my hand, which was in a multiplayer game at least, two teams are completely taken out and you'd been taken out and I managed to kill off the last orc and that got me, I think five glory, which put me on 10 and was like one or two enough to win. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a general, like it was glory. Cause I mean, there was that thing like 
there was one attack on on Hammers McGee in that last turn, and if he had have lived, unlikely, mm-hmm. but if he had of, I had another couple of objectives there that were plausible to score as well. Yeah. So it wasn't like anyone was actually out of the game. No, no, we had not at no all. idea. Like no one had a clue what was going to happen at the end of that, and it was just that you know stuff died and shit happened, and that was. It was just really nice to play a game that relaxed because nobody actually yeah. cared what the outcome was. No, um, no. Yeah, it was good. I mean, as I said, I got to do stupid shit like, right, well, I'm not going to win, so let's see how many upgrades can I put on A model. <laughs> All of them, yeah. in fact. He, yeah, he, he got a couple. He was doing yeah. lots of shit. Um, he was. So that was game one. It was. And, yeah, like... It's just so good to get a multiplayer game in again, uh, and especially one of that caliber where it's really just for fun. Yeah, nobody was taking it at all seriously. Um, yeah, not just too good. No, a big fan. And then the one that I had not played before, which mm. is what we did in the second time around. Me neither. Arena Mortis. Yes. Is that is that what we call it? Yeah, it is. It's basically for those who are familiar with Malifaux, it's enforceable. So for those that aren't, the concept <laughs> is you get one board, it's multiplayer again, and each player gets a model. Mm-hmm. Um, one model. One model. Um then I can't remember how the cards worked, and I don't really care. But there was there was cards that you you needed your deck, and that was a thing. Each... Yeah, the two decks got split, so you had two decks. You didn't have objectives anymore. No, you had death your... was the objective. Death was the objective, basically. Uh, you had your upgrades, and you had your ploys, and they were put in two separate decks. So each turn, your model gets an upgrade. It was glo- yep. each, each one of your turns, your model gets an upgrade, which is glorious because everybody gets to Voltron the shit up. Yep. Um, and at the start of the game, you get upgrades depending on how many wounds you have as yes. well. So the bigger and tougher you are, you get less upgrades than your smaller weakling. Which was a fun little components. sort of attempting uh, at balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, none of us had brought decks specifically for this. So we were all drawing upgrades that were restricted to a model that we didn't have and things like that, which, you know, there was a, a very quick agreement that if that was the case, lump it, you can't take the upgrade because it's restricted. Yep. Um, and everybody took that in the, the best possible fashion. Um, and then the concept is, yeah, you literally try and cause death to all the other models. If you die on your turn, you respawn back in your on one of the starting hexes and you go again. And when you die, you lose glory. And when you kill stuff, you gain glory and everybody wins. It's pretty much, yeah. If you kill off the person on the most glory, you get one glory for killing them, but you also get one from them. Yes. So the winner was, whoever was winning was changing hands at various points. They become a very, very major target very quickly. Um, and is a single, there was a singular objective, and if you were standing on that, you were automatically on guard, which made you a little bit tougher to hit. Uh, but if you were standing on that on the end, at the end of the round, you gained a glory as well. Yes. Um, the extra bonus to the guard piece, though, was the fact that it was next to a lethal hex, and when you're on guard, you can't be 
pushed back yep. as part of the attack. So that was actually kind of useful. Um, yes. So we got an extra player. We did. So we had five of us. Uh, Alice had uh, come down to have a look at Underworlds and she, whether forcefully or not, we bullied not her too sure. Un- when we say we, I think it was Matt. Um, it was it was definitely Matt because all of a sudden I, ca- I came back from outside and I'm like, oh, okay, so you're joining us for this one. <laughs> so Matt had given her one of the Banshees. Yep. So she had one of the Banshees from In his Dread defense, fame. the way this played actually played out while you're, while you're out um, is she sort of he went, oh, you know, we're, we're going to play a different game. Do you want to join in? And she sort of went, oh, I haven't, I haven't really played any tabletop games. He goes, well... Did you see that? It's like that, but even easier. And she's like, oh, maybe I'll just watch. And he's like, you know what would be better than watching? Just play. <laughs> let's, let's see if there's a model here that you'd like. And if there's one that you'd like, then and you want to jump in, go nuts. No pressure. No one, no one's playing for C-Stations. And he basically just continued talking until she just sat down. Um, <laughs> Which is great because I've been trying to talk her into playing something for a while. Yep. And the fact that I got her onto Alien Legendary was you know, chalked up as a win for me. Um, but coming back to a five-player Arena Mortis game was quite a bit of fun. So, so we had, yeah, Banshee? Yeah. Hammers McGee? No. Had to be Hammers. Hammers, Hammers McGee was going to be, and I decided... Did you change? I did. I didn't even notice. Because I had both of the the Gaping Chasm... Warbands with me, mm-hmm. so I switched to Snip Simic Bullface um, <laughs> from the Slanish Warband, the big beastie mm-hmm. friend. Um, so I chucked him out because he looked big and mean, and, and it seemed like an appropriate thing to put in Arena Mortis. Um, Definitely did. He threw a lot of dice and didn't do a lot of damage. It turned out, but anyway, um, yeah, it was me most of the evening actually. <laughs> Don't think I rolled very many crits all night, but anyway. Yeah, he uh, chucked out one of the uh, one of the witch elves that had like a thousand defense dice. Yeah, but he did it. He was like, "Okay, whatever, let's do this," and took the the five dark elf uh, cards, shuffled them under the desk, and then just dropped one, and yep. that was the one he played. So he chose totally randomly. Right, um, I'll, I'll let that go then. Yeah, Matt played one of his orcs, and I figured that, you know, of my guys, Magor was the one that would jump up and hit stuff, uh, which worked in my favor too, because my upgrade deck, I didn't have anything that he couldn't use. So, See what you've done there. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, most of the ones that I'd taken for the original game were ones that either Magor or the three warriors could use not rip tooth so fair call but Mm. it it was just look i don't really have again i didn't take notes on this but it was chaos it was we all died a lot repeatedly i think it went for five rounds yes five sound right yeah yeah um so and there's the other thing by the end of this so you've had a an upgrade each round Mm-hmm. plus the upgrades that you started with. Every time something happened, everyone's looking through seven upgrades to work out whether they have anything that affects this particular situation. Like it, yep. was, it was actually kind of crazy. Um, 
and you know you've got a limited ploy hand, so you, you pass, 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 pass. Until yeah, you the ploys, something. the ploys you could use one at the start of your turn and then one at the end of your turn. Yes, and that was pretty much it. I found that, like at least with my deck, the ploys that I had didn't have any sort of real effect. Yeah, no. Um, the upgrades definitely worked for me. The ploys did not. There are a couple of moments with ploys that allowed for things like um, pushes that weren't driving someone mm-hmm. back. So you could knock someone off the hex, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, also turned out the the Banshee was good for that one because she could move when someone mm-hmm. else got hit, Yep, which let her sneak onto that hex and actually do pretty well for herself. Um, but yeah, it was absolute chaos. Um <laughs> We used the Arena Mortis actual board, which is just basically a lethal hex in the middle, and then this objective got planted next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was there was nowhere on that board that you could go to that the Banshee couldn't get to. I think one of the original upgrades that she got right at the start of the game was plus two movement. So she had like eight move yeah. from the get go because we started started inspired, didn't we? Yes. So she was, yeah, eight movements straight away and bang, you know, she could pretty much hit you from the other side of the board. Yeah. But because everything was in the middle anyway, it didn't really matter. We, ended we up. all just ended up in this giant cluster of death in the middle. And then it was just, all right, who am I going to hit? Who's, who's got the most glory? How am I going to get this off? Um, is there a chance I can get them? All right, who am I going to kill? Who's next? Um, yep. It was crazy. It was, it, look, again, multiplayer. Again, not anything that you can take remotely seriously. Yeah. Um, and it's a potential for just wacky stuff to happen. Um, it, it was stupid fun. Um, it that really I'm was. a big fan of. Yeah, look, I, I want to get that going a bit more too. And, I mean, you know how much I have been pushing for, for you to run some sort of enforcer brawl. I am familiar. I just love that style of game yeah, because it's all chaos in the middle, but just so much fun. And yet there wasn't an awful lot of glory at the end of it too. So, I mean, you're getting glory basically from killing and from standing on this objective and for killing the end guy Mm -hmm. or the leader guy, whoever's leading at the time. You're losing glory and when you die. You're losing glory when you die. We did that so, a lot too. Yeah, we, that happened a lot. So, like, the the end result were two of us were on six glory at the end, and that was that was that was as, as the good most as she got. Yeah. Um, um, and I managed to pull one of my upgrades was one where McGaw gets plus one glory every kill, so that helped me. So technically, I, you know. Any other game, it would have been a lot more glory, but the fact that you're losing it every time yeah. you die. And where, as soon as you start doing well and coming out on top of the other guys, then every other player turns on you. Yeah, absolute <laughs> target. Um, yeah. Look, it really does just speak to the joy of multiplayer. Um, good, good game, good base system and then just add a multiplayer element to it. And anything where you can add 
you know, a bit of a wheeling and dealing, a little bit of a little bit of smack talk, a little bit of yeah. you know trying to trying to get others to gang up. Um, any game that involves bullying is basically what I'm saying here. Um, <laughs> it's, but not just one on one, like group bullying, like yeah. proper harassment. Um, it's just so much fun. Like, I, and this is kind of where I think that you know I remember you know nights of Munchkin and. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, resistance God. and stuff like There's that. There's nothing like the bullying in Munchkin. Yeah, this is and, uh, resistance is the other one I'm thinking of, which is very similar to Werewolf, mm-hmm. um, where it's you know find the spies. Um, it encourages the ostracization of your friends. Um, so fun. much fun, so good, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think you know, Shadespire being, or you know, Shadespire Underworlds being a pretty rock solid system to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, I would challenge Games Workshop's view that it's the ultimate competitive miniatures game. Stop it! Um, but it's a fun game to start with, and then you add this. The other one, I am. Very keen for us to try at some stage. I'll get my hands on a copy of Gore Chosen. That was a standalone was that a Kickstarter. No, it was a standalone GW box game. Oh, oh uh, yeah, you talked to me about this a while ago. Yes, didn't you? so yeah. it was a standalone, a limited edition GW box game, basically like Arena Mortis, mm-hmm. um, before they'd had cards or anything, but it had all of the different corn fighters in it as the little champions of the, the arena and he had the guy with the big wacky hammers on the chains and some other idiot and, um stupid fun again same concept it's got lethal hexes you can push people into it's you know it's just how much damage can you put out and then when yep. you die you come back um or you, i feel like in this one no so when you died in god chosen that was this cool bit that you did you died you, we weren't on there, but you still had a part in the game in that there's like a a corn's favor deck or something. Mm-hmm. So you actually played that. You almost played as part of the environment. So you still had a part in the game <laughs> and you could still, you know, do stuff and it was great. Um Yeah. The joy of multiplayer. That that's basically what this falls down to. No, this made me it made me keen on Underworlds again because it's been a long time since I've played. I really don't um, want to buy the vampires, but I really want to buy the vampires. Well, I'm really upset because the vampires are sold out everywhere. And it's because they're they, so goddamn pretty. They are. They are so pretty. So I'm pissed off that I've I've missed out on them for the moment. Hopefully GW gets some more on the shelves at some point. But uh, it also made me think that, you know, I do like this Arena Mortis and so maybe I should try and make up an Arena Mortis deck for somebody. Have a you know, one ready to go. Yeah. But yeah, more Underworlds, definitely. Yeah, it could be a thing. It could be one of those. I, and I think as we were saying, or as I was saying to you a while ago, I was looking at my success in Underworlds and my, you know, um, and then I looked at somebody with more time and inclination than me put together a, like a tiered faction, you know, Mm -hmm. how good they are in the grand scheme of things when you add them up against all the other factions and they had sort of, you know, this amazing, you know, always win kind of, you know, your Molochs and stuff like that down to 
the the good luck you know thanks for coming yep. participation awards and i circled a lot of them as the uh the factions that i owned and or played um yep. <laughs> so having gaping chasm as a an option and having both the elves and the slanesh which weren't I don't think they were right up there, but they they definitely were ones that were competitive at least. It would be interesting mm-hmm. to now give the game another crack, not yep. starting behind the eight ball. Yeah. No, I think that's a good idea. And then there's, what are they? There's two more coming out there. There's uh, whatever the undead guys are. Oh, the, the Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Yeah. And... Yeah. I want to say it's the, the, yeah, the, the underwater elves. I think, I don't think they've been announced per se, but but I think everybody's sure that's pretty sure they're aqua elves. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, definitely. So I am keen, but also I really want to get my hands on those vampires because I reckon they'd be fucking awesome. They're so good. (laughs) Probably the best models they've brought out for this entire game. Yeah. Um, I think they're definitely some of my favorites. Um, cool. Shall we talk about what's on? So we've mentioned before Hobby Homies Autumn Painting Competition. That is a thing. Still got a month. Still plenty of time. Get on that. A lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed my model. I've got to work out how to take decent pics of it for my entry. But yeah. Um, still got a month, so still plenty of time. Just got to make sure it's a single model. Don't think the base counts for anything. It's no. just the model itself has to have combination of autumn colors. So Absolutely. orange, and... yellow, and brown. Yeah. So the other thing to call out is they're having it judged externally, and I believe the criteria is effort and creativity. Mm-hmm. They are the two criteria that they're being judged on because they wanted somebody who has just started painting to have the same opportunity to win as somebody who's been doing it for years, which is why effort over, you know, technical ability has been the way, which is a super cool way of doing it. Um, That's, yeah. Um, Other stuff that is happening. And Mm -hmm. this is completely off the top of my head because I got distracted during the break and didn't look it up. (laughs) Speaking of painting competitions, competition is probably the wrong word, but Throw the Dice is running their Trash to Treasure. Um, Starting in... Hours. Yeah. Yeah, like 40 minutes from now, but... Obviously, whenever he opens, not whenever he opens the store. So, um, first of May, the whole concept is you you go in, you you pay your entry, which is not much. It's like ten bucks or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, ten bucks. You get a lucky dip. That lucky dip is going to be some model that has been neglected thoroughly, and you take that neglected heap of shit and you turn it into something wonderful. Um, so that is that is basically the concept. I look, it's got lucky dip in it. So I'm excited. That's a urine. It's got a mystery gift. I'm I'm on board. Um, whether, I'm hoping to get on board whether there's any left by the time I get to throw the dice. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement around it. Yeah. Um, while we're on throw the dice, look, they're doing monthly events um, for a lot of the games they're supporting. Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. Infinity, uh, Kings of War is going to start kicking off with a monthly event as well. So Rich is hammering 
the, the games he's really supporting. So if you're into any of those or you want to be into any of those, definitely get along. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one that we can't not talk about is Winter Wipeout, which Correct. is his first run at running a convention style. So mm-hmm. we're going to have, um, you know, all the games are, are, I think each game has a 20-person cap from memory, and we're talking Infinity, Age of Sigma, 40K, X-Wing, and one other game who, like, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yep. So it's those five right. games. Um, all going to be run out of the same space at the same time. It's going to be a crazy-ass weekend of, of nerds. Um Absolutely. Other things going on around here. Look, the other big one that we need to mention uh, is the Geelong Town Open 40K event, mm-hmm. um, which is sometime in a month that starts with J. Um, and I think it's full, to be honest. So I think it probably is. But look, the Target um, Acquired guys that run that run so many events they put so much effort into it like i've seen pictures of all the stuff they're prepping for um tables and terrain i've seen all the stuff that they're doing for um awards and prizes and trophies and stuff they're going hammer and tong at this one um if you want to see a well-run event if you want to see some really pretty um armies and and stuff going definitely get along and check out the um the geelong town open cannot those guys, you know, as far as tournament organizers go, they are kind of setting the bar. Them and Rich from Throw the Dice basically are the bar for events in around these parts. And look, even if you're you're not going along to to compete, these things are going to be really good at spectator sports yeah. too. So I am definitely planning on popping in for as much time as I can. You and me get. both. I'm I'm trying to work out whether I can get away for anything for uh winter wipeout mm-hmm. that may be pushing the friendship but if not i will definitely <laughs> be along for a bit um excellent so it's a thing um that is all the stuff that i know about and when i say uh, i know about other one i wanted to mention to you because you probably know more about it than i do oh good because i've forgotten about it yep um learn to paint display at guff that was the thing. And this is with Meg, isn't it? So it is with Meg. Now that one got moved. Um, he says as he quickly checks Facebook. Um, <laughs> and to confuse early. the issue a little bit further, it's, um, the Arcane Paintwork, so Meg's professional miniature painting Facebook page, mm-hmm. recently got hacked and she no longer has control of it. So no, I'm kidding. No. Oh, no. So she's currently um, trying very hard to get back to that uh, and back in control of that. But in the meantime, uh, I'm a little bit light on events. Um, That got moved, I want to say, to August. I can't remember, but yes. Um, Sounds familiar. Look at me quickly trying to do the same. Yeah, I gave up. Um, Um, Moral of the story is, so it's two days. It is a full weekend of painting. It is Meg's... Learn like introduction to display painting and the entire course is sort of designed around shifting people's head space from painting armies um, to painting something purely for display, um, which 
is a pretty big shift for a lot of people. She goes through techniques, she goes through tools, she goes through theory, she goes through so much, um, as well as you get the model. You know, you sit there and paint with the the group, which is usually sort of that 10 to 15, I think, um, over the entire weekend. So it's intense, um, but you get one-on-one coaching over that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And as much as there are some amazing painters out there and you can sign up to YouTube and Patreons and things, one-on-one coaching, firstly, and one-on-one coaching from somebody who is able to teach, who has that as a skill set, isn't just an amazing painter, but is an amazing painter and is an amazing teacher, um, cannot recommend enough. You'll, the, the amount that you'll get out of that, even if you've done the class before um, or if you've done some display painting before uh, or if you've just started painting and you might be interested, you, it's one of those ones that has got enough for everybody. Um, it's pretty hard not to recommend Guff's events have got it listed as the 19th and 20th of June. There you go. I know it got lit. It was going to be the first one that she did um, and then COVID and things and class times. And then she's done some Melbourne. She did the Melbourne recently. I saw yep. some uh, you know, some footage of, of stuff that people have done in there and, and people are having a blast getting some paint on things. Um, and, yeah, so coming back to, to Geelong where she's living now, doing one at home, I love it. Excellent. And I think that's about it. That's all I have. Excellent. I've about that one. Um, thank you for reminding me, but that is all the events Excellent. ever. Uh, so, yeah, we're over the two-hour mark, so we might just wrap it up here. Yeah. Thank you again for everyone that's listened. Um, if you haven't already, please give us a follow on Facebook, yep. Spotify, Podbean, wherever you have found us. Um, now you can give us a follow on Twitch, as I said before. So we're hoping that I can set up some... I'm still looking into this, but setting up some sessions where I'm just doing hobby, but also get Jace on them as well. So let's see if we, we can will... double team that. That's it. We'll... <laughs> no sword fighting. Um, so, yeah, follow us on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash thoughtless casual gaming. Um, if you have any questions, any um, comments that you want to make, by all means, leave them for us on Facebook. Uh, but, yeah, leave us a review, any comments, and thank you very much for listening. And that's it. Thanks, all. Later. Animal, animal.